Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good to see you, church. Uh, the week after, after Easter, you are the exceptionally faithful. Man, well done, well done. So, uh, running joke in ministry, the week after Easter, the tomb is empty and so is the church. So, uh, you are here, way to go. Um, so, so, this week we're going to continue in Luke, we're going to talk about it, um, and we're going to talk in Luke uh, 3 about when Jesus is baptized, right? And so we're going to talk about that today. And what's interesting is Jesus is baptized, and then the Holy Spirit comes on him, which is crazy, right? The Holy Spirit comes on him, and I know what you're thinking. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't like the Holy Spirit talk. <laughs> some of you are like, that's my time to shine. But some of you... <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't like when we talk about that stuff, you know. I like talking about the word and being moral or good or tithing. But the Holy Spirit, I don't like that because it gets weird, right? People start breaking these out, (laughs) you know. It's time. Let me tell you a story, okay. I may have told you this before. (laughs) I may have told you, but I don't think so. Maybe I did tell it to you before, but I'm getting older and you're going to have to endure that at times. So... So years ago at Bible college, they, this is, the church is always about 10 to 20 years behind. Tambourine stopped being cool somewhere around the 70s, so which is why the church kind of started abandoning it in the late 90s, <laughs> right? But, but we held on, right? So at, at Bible college, there were, there was a tambourine team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of us. As students, we did not love them. <laughs> they were not our favorite, but there was a few. It was comprised entirely of women. Um, and then a few, a few international men, but almost all women. Uh, and, and they would synchronize dances with tambourines to worship. And, and I mean, it was, it was like a martial art. It was weird. It was like... And they, they would just, every service, they would come out and just do their tambourine thing. And uh, it's funny because our Bible college, they would put out worship albums and video recordings of their worship albums before other people were doing it. And, and they would always, you, you could tell the school was trying really hard to make sure the tambourine people did not make it into the videos. <laughs> and you could also tell the tambourine people were trying really hard to get into the work, so like the camera would be here, and they'd be like, "Get it up there, you know, get it in the shot." And and one time, one of the girls who was on the camera, I was on. My wife and I were on like a traveling ministry team, and we would do all kinds of different things. But we, our our director would take every gig we could possibly get, and one of the gigs we got was uh, going to going to. Um, a church, a girl named Daphne, a very sweet girl, but we went to Daphne's church to go minister one night. 
And it was a few hours away. We were in Dallas, Texas. It was a few hours in like nowhere, Texas. I don't, I don't remember the name of the town. I don't remember where we were. But Daphne was big in the tambourine thing. And we roll up. And her church, you ever seen those octagon, like circle-shaped like buildings? It was one of those. I was like, well, this is interesting. That's kind of unique. And we walk into the sanctuary, auditorium, whatever you want to call it. And in that room, hanging on every wall, all, you know, 8, 12 walls, whatever it is, is one of these. <laughs> on all around the room is tambourines everywhere. And across the front by the stage. And I thought, oh, Lord, what have we walked into? <laughs> what is this going to be? <laughs> and then service starts. And every woman, daughter, toddler, girl in the church, as soon as the call to worship starts, they go to the wall and they grab their weapon of choice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And they come back and they all go to the front. And for the next extended period of worship, I heard no songs that evening. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened that night. I don't know if anybody got saved. What I know is I left with the biggest headache I may have ever had in my life, and I heard this from 40 different women for an hour straight, just banging, banging, banging. And I, I, I just remember I, I left with a, with a friend. We, we drove back together, and I just remember thinking, what was that? And he was like, man, I don't know. But I, I, it, it was as if they took Daphne raised her up, and they're like, I want you to go to this Bible college. Learn the ways of the tambourine and bring it back to us. And that's what she did. And honestly, it was like Daphne was the star when she got, she was doing that, and they were all like, yeah, oh, that's good. We're doing that now. This the whole time. And they thought it was amazing. You know what? More power to them. If you can make a tambourine church work, Good on you. That's not my thing, okay? This is the only time you will see a tambourine in this church, and after today, I will break it down, burn it, and turn it into a ring or something. But we will not keep this. This will not, this, if you bring tambourines with streamers, uh, you're gonna wanna find another church. And it's not because I'm not saying God doesn't use it. God might use it, but God uses a lot of things that I don't necessarily qualify as things I want to be in ministry. All right, so uh, if you love the tambourine, good for you. Uh, it was just, and a lot of people think that when you do the Holy Spirit thing, that's what's going to happen. I like this clip, this clip from, from years ago, the, the Italian job. You guys remember that movie? And they find out they're actually going to get a lot more money than they thought they were. It, it's this clip right here. Take a look at this. How much? Oh, uh, 208 times 27. 2.7. 2.7 million. What? <gasps> no, it's 27. That's 27 million. That's 27 million dollars worth of gold. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you should get on it. It's a good train. This is what we think. This is what we think is going to happen to us if we start embracing the Holy Spirit or talking about it or thinking about it. 
we think we're going to get weird. And, and as Robert Morris says, if you get weird from having the Holy Spirit, you were weird before. <laughs> and you're going to see in the Bible, even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus needs the Holy Spirit, what shot do we have without him? So Luke chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, go there. We're going to read just a small section, verses 21 and 22. That's it. One day when the crowds were being baptized, so John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, is baptizing people. Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Jesus has not started his ministry yet. He's not doing anything yet. He has not turned water into wine. He's not healed a leper. The blind hasn't, haven't seen yet. Nothing has happened. Really, we haven't heard from Jesus since he was about 12. There was that moment in the temple where he says, hey, I must be about my father's business. His parents lost him. You know, now they get child services called on them. But back then, you know, people had their heads on straight. And, 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 and he, he just ditched his family and went to the temple. And they find him, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm teaching, you know. Uh, well, um, yeah, you're going to teach with us because we're still responsible for you. And then fast forward 18 years. This is now we see Jesus again. Jesus is like, hey, you're going to baptize me. And in the other Gospels, John was like, I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Jesus is like, nope, you're doing it. I need this. And the Holy Spirit comes down. So first thing, Jesus is baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. Are you? If you're like, yeah, I, I, it's that, there, there was the guy with the robes, and he sprinkled that thing on my head when I was like uh, six weeks. I wasn't there. I, I was there, but I don't remember it. That's great. That's fine. We have no issue with that. But that wasn't your decision. And we see in the Bible, even Jesus submitted himself to adult baptism. And then Jesus, at the end of his ministry, said, go and make disciples, baptize them. It is the outward expression of the inward transformation. If you've not been baptized in water, as a believer, you're missing it. This is like step two. Okay? Step one, give your heart to Jesus. Come on in. Be Lord of my life. Step two, get baptized. Well, that's not my salvation, so I don't have to do that. Is that how you gauge, like, your whole walk with Christ? We don't gauge our walk based on what's going to send us to hell. We gauge our walk on what gets us closer to Jesus. Getting baptized is a part of that. Anybody here, when you were baptized, man, it was a powerful moment? And if you were baptized and you're like, it was, it was meh, it wasn't that big of a deal, do it again, <laughs> okay? Now, if you're on like a baker's dozen, we should probably have a different talk, okay? That's not the way to do it. But if you've not been baptized, man, see me, see a church leader and say, I want to get this done. I want to make this happen. I want to make this happen as fast as possible. Because you need to, t you first tell God, I need you. 
And then you tell the world, I need him. Okay? You say, I'm part of this. That's what baptism is. There's no getting out of it as a believer. And you're like, what about the thief on the cross? I heard a great speaker yesterday. What about the thief on the cross? Are you at your last breath? Are you about to die? Because <laughs> that's a, if that's the, the thief on the cross is an awesome story and a terrible model of the walk of faith. <laughs> it's a redeeming story that you're like, thank God. But it is not the one where you're like, I'm going to go for that guy. <laughs> Just like, I just do whatever I want, and then in the last minute, be like, hey, can I get in? <laughs> that is not the model, okay? So, so don't be like, I've got to live whatever I want, and then not, okay? All right, so get baptized. It is a transformative moment. It's a moment that says, God, I belong to you, and I'm not ashamed of that. You weren't ashamed of me all the way unto death. You took the cross and despised its shame for me. I can get a little wet for you. <laughs> yeah. And believe it or not, it's, we don't hold you under. <laughs> we don't do that, okay? Maybe some churches, we're not that church, okay? We don't hold your nose for you because that's weird, okay? We pray over you. You share maybe for a minute. And you're like, I, I can't share. You don't have to share much. We, we dunk you. We bring you up. You get out. You dry off. We give you a t-shirt. It's pretty neat, right? T-shirt's not in the Bible. It's just something we do, okay? And then the other side of it, what happens after Jesus is baptized is he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, do you have the Holy Spirit? You can answer me. Say something. It's, we're, we're small today. It's good. You can talk back, okay? You can always talk back here at church. Don't yell out, but you can talk back, okay? You do. The Holy Spirit resides in you. That's how, how you have a relationship with God when you come to faith. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he's not just dwelling within you but upon you in Scripture is a separate moment. It is an empowerment for ministry. So God isn't just ministering to you, but now God is ministering through you and upon you. And things are happening in your life and from your life you could never do on your own. Some people are like, are you talking about tongues? That's a small part of it. Really a very small part of it. It's much bigger than that. Far bigger than that. But Jesus needed it. There's a lot of people who are like, I'm fine with this Holy Spirit convicting me of sin and helping me understand the word, but this whole spiritual gifts thing, I don't like that. Imagine if your parents came to you and said, I want to give you a house and a car and, and, and pay off your college debt. And you're like, you know what, that's great. Could I just have the car? Because... Houses are weird, and I'm, I'm not ready for that. And uh, my college debt, like, you know, that means a lot to me. I really enjoy it. It's, I worked for somebody else to pay for that. That's what I did. Like, that's, that was my, none of us would do that, but we do that with God all the time when we say, I want you, Holy Spirit, in my life, but don't make me uncomfortable. 
Don't do something in my life I'm, I'm not okay with. And there's a balance to that, and we're going to talk about that today, okay? Notice the person, notice the Holy Spirit comes after baptism, okay? But when it comes upon him, right, does anybody here want a two-thirds life with God? No. We aren't better Christians or, or something. Somebody, a lot of people don't like that because they're like, so I don't like tongues, so I only have two-thirds of God? No. You don't like the Holy Spirit, so you only have two-thirds of God. You're focused on a gift, and that's the problem with so many believers is they don't like certain aspects of the Holy Spirit, so they reject whole parts of him. There's whole aspects of the Bible that are kind of uncomfortable. But we, we all have to make a decision in our walk with Jesus Christ. Is he right or am I? What I'm uncomfortable with might not be something that's wrong with him. It might be something that's wrong with me. I've been a part of churches, great churches, okay? Every church I've worked at, God is blessed and loved and, and there's good things at. But I've been at churches that basically willfully rejected the things of the Holy Spirit systematically over time. And why? Because it made people uncomfortable. And I get it to a point because I grew up in very Pentecostal charismatic churches that did, that did this. <laughs> I just told you about it, Right? This is weird to me. The tambourine band, right, the tambourine church, I can't imagine a bunch of lost people are coming into that church being like, we found home, honey. <laughs> Dedicate my baby. <laughs> Sorry, okay. <laughs> this is why you can't just watch online. You gotta be here, so. Um. I can't imagine that. But at the same time, like, I'm sitting here thinking in my head, so we're going to say no more altar calls because somebody who's not used to it feels uncomfortable with it. We're going to say no to part of the Godhead because a lost person is going to dictate that to us? Wait, 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 wait. So let's break that just down for a second. We're going to dictate our theology and our walk and our orthopraxy, our worship of the Father, based on what sinners think about how we worship. That seems backwards. That actually seems like the opposite of what we're trying to do. Why? Because in America and in the Western church and in a seeker model, we have made the lost coming home the object instead of God being glorified. This is, is this about the lost coming home? Partially, but not first. This is first about God being lifted up in our lives, but God being lifted up. Somebody who walks away is like, I didn't like worship today. Good thing we weren't worshiping you. <laughs> I didn't like the message today. Well, the message wasn't f about you. 
Well, you didn't say something that blew my mind today. <laughs> well, hopefully you got the word. Did he read the Bible? He, yeah. Well, then mission accomplished. <laughs> right? There are, we just said it before, before, right? We have big Sundays and average Sundays. Last week, big Sunday. Woo! Easter, resurrection, yeah, party. This week, Thanks for coming back out and still believing. And for those who are at home, we still love you. We're still for you. But, like, there's some people who are like, I got enough resurrection power to last me another week, right? That's where they're at. Whatever. Fine. Okay. But that, that's kind of what happens. But what if the Holy Spirit's meant to permeate our whole life and not just portions what if God is not, what if God can't be portioned out in your life? What if your life and your worship and your Sunday experience isn't actually about us at all, but about him? Life in a new creation is about, my life isn't about me anymore. Sundays aren't about us. And yeah, I believe we have the best church ever. I, you know, as a pastor, like, I watch like a little, and I'm going to get all choked up. I'm going to watch a little girl walk in and give somebody else a hug because they know each other and they're in family and fellowship together and belief in Christ. And that just happened here. Man, Hannah has done this amazing thing for the last few months and them leaving, just so you know, I'm really not okay with it. I just want you to know I'm stringently against this. Um, and I think you should fast and pray till you hear what I want. So, I'm kidding. But she, she's done a kid's prayer on Thursday nights for months on end. At their apartment, just just teaching kids to pray and worship the Lord and, and have fun to get like, man, come on. That's it. <laughs> just inviting God into our lives and like that. Even there, though, she didn't do it for recognition. If I never said anything, she wouldn't care because it's about the Lord and the Lord being exalted in kids' hearts. Jesus could have been like, I'm God. I don't need to be baptized. I definitely don't need the Holy Spirit. And even he was like, yep, bring it. This has got to happen. Right? The religious guy who's his cousin who's doing all the baptisms is like, you don't need this. And Jesus is like, shut up. Yes, I do. Right? So he needs, do you, yeah, all right. Let's move on. As he was praying, the heavens opened. Do you want heaven opened? If you go this far with God and say, I'll go this far, but I'm not getting baptized, the heavens will stop. Because God moves in our lives to the measure of our obedience. And he's patient, and he's graceful, and he walks with us. It's not a works-based. We're not saved by works. But our faith walk is a measure of works because faithfulness is measured by obedience. That's how this happens. So you're like, well, I've been baptized. Okay, all right, are you open to the Holy Spirit? 
being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Ah, I'm not there yet. Okay, then the heavens may stop in your life at some point. Because at some point, there's, there's the moment, as Nathan said, of a willful rejection. And that's our walk, that's our perpetual walk with Jesus Christ. Obedience, wrestling, willful rejection. Those are where we are always at. We're either obeying God, willfully rejecting him, or wrestling with him. And if you're wrestling, that's okay. Jacob wrestled God. God broke his hip in the end, but he wrestled God, right? And he eventually received God's blessing and a new name and a new, new identity. It was awesome. And then there are others. Judas also wrestled with God till he willfully rejected him. Not a camp I want to be in. Wrestling should end with obedience if it's godly wrestling. Do you want an open heaven over your life? Then you have to be obedient. When you give your life to God, that's not the end. It's just getting started. Some of you are like, I gave my life to God, and I even come on some Sundays. Awesome. And then at some point, it's got to become more. You aren't, you are just getting started. This is the beginning of your life. So we, we happen to believe we live forever. <laughs> yeah, this life, it ain't the end. It's forever. And it's not like when you die, oh great, we're all just fat babies who sing Hillsong for tens of thousands of years. That's not it. <laughs> Right? We believe you'll have an actual physical body, a physical resurrection, where you are laboring with God like Adam and Eve were in the God. What, what you see in Genesis 2, pre the fall, that's eternity. And even better. That's what's coming. Walking daily with God, serving in, his, serving in, his, in the new heavens and the new earth and knowing him, that's forever. And it starts at the moment of salvation. But it continues in continual obedience over and over saying, yes, Lord. All right, you want me to get baptized? All right, God, I'm going to do it. You want me to open the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you baptize me? I want to I know you. All right, do it. Uh, I, should be in, I should be in community and, and reading the word and understanding and studying it. All right, God, help me do that. Teach me that. Oh, I should, I should, I should give. I should, I should tithe. I don't, I don't like that. Oh, all right, Lord, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, you know, and then a lot of times, again, we're in the wrestling, we're like, I'll tip God my five bucks, my 20 bucks. But like, oh, here you go, that's my tip, Lord. And then eventually the Lord's like, so are you going to treat me like a waiter or are you going to treat me like God? And you're like, okay, Lord, here you go, here's my 10%. And then, and then eventually you grow and you're like, oh, look, I, 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 God can do more with my 100 than I can with my 90, right? Um, and, 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 and just down the line. And you begin to change. You begin to see like, oh, it really isn't about me. It's about him. Us saying no to the Holy Spirit isn't about us. It's about willfully rejecting our father in an aspect of the relationship he wants with us. And Jesus said he needed it. Jesus! You know, the Savior, the one we celebrated, the resurrection, who died for all our sins? He was like, I need the Holy Spirit. And there's some of us who are like, I don't. Man, that's arrogant. <laughs> Jesus didn't do ministry without the Holy Spirit. Why should we? That's craziness if you think about it, right? And if you want the Holy Spirit, ask. Just ask. 
doesn't mean you're going to scream in airports and grab tambourines. And if you do, we'll walk you through it, okay? Okay? If you really need a tambourine to worship, let's, we'll talk, okay? Right now we, yeah, okay, moving on. All right, 1 Corinthians 14.1, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy, right? We should want this. Things like the prophetic, tongues, healing, faith, miracles, we should earnestly desire that. You're like, but people get weird, Pastor Brian. I believe God can work miracles, but I don't like what people do. But do you see what you're doing? You are rejecting God for mistakes his people made. And that's not fair. Right? How many of us, right, we like Starbucks, okay? Uh, and some, most of us like Starbucks. Some of you don't. You're, whatever. You I don't drink coffee. Well, uh, again, let the Lord move in your life and wrestle you through that. Okay. But for those of us who ride, like we like Starbucks. If you have anybody here ever have a, a bad barista at Starbucks? Anybody? Put your hand up. Around the come on higher, higher, higher. Right. Most of the room at some point has experienced somebody at Starbucks where you're like, man, why do you hate? the world, you know? Oh, you didn't, alf- you, didn't, you didn't want hot milk? No, I wanted coffee. Oh, okay, okay, right? But none of us says, so all of Starbucks is bad and evil and wrong, and I'll, I can't get coffee there ever again. But we do that with the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't like Benny Hinn, so I don't want this. What? You're conscribing the God of the universe down to one guy and one ministry? What what are you doing? Well, I don't like this church and the way they do that, so I don't want... Think about what you're saying. Think about our hearts in that moment. I reject you, God, because somebody over here said something I don't like. Man. Man. That's not a stance we should take. Another side note here, the Holy Spirit almost always comes after salvation and baptism, as far as baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. Well, then what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they said the baptism of John. So if you go on, they continue and receive the Holy Spirit. But I want you to notice something. Christians, for those who are, okay, I've been talking to one side of the room about the people who are like, I want to keep the Holy Spirit right here. But for those of you who are like, the Holy Spirit. Oh, (laughs) this part's for you. And here's what you do. You take the Holy Spirit, like a tambourine, and you're like, come on, take him. Get him. Jump in the river. (sighs) You know who you are. 
right? You're the bodies hit the floor people, and you watch those, and you're like, come on, more of that, Lord. Every week, if the pastor would just let the spirit move, you know who you are. You need to understand something. The Holy Spirit is powerful and awesome and gentleman. God gives us choice to say yes to him. But not only that, he gives us a, he's willing to take a process. And he comes upon us when we're ready. And it's usually later on. I have met very few believers who had the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. There's a few. They're very few. You're like, well, what about Pentecost? Right. That was one day in the Bible. This is also in the book of Acts, and they didn't experience that. So what does that tell you? Holy Spirit works on us in a process over time when we're willing to say yes to him. But, but all of these people, here's what, when you become a new creation in Christ, the Bible actually talks about a maturity process of, and it uses Greek words that basically mean infant, toddler, adolescent, adult, parent. That's, it uses five different Greek words for that. Because even God understands you're growing in your faith. And you know what people do, what the super charismatics do with so many people is they try to teach them to swim by chucking them in the deep end of the river. You know, and they're like sitting here like, I don't know what this is. And they're like, swim. And surprisingly, they don't come back. Right? We need to understand that people are a process. And look, we're not going to say yes or no to the Holy Spirit based on people's fears, but we're also going to love and pastor and disciple people in a process and love them where they're at. Would any of you take your toddlers to a deep river in the Amazon and be like, this is the best way to learn how to swim. You're going to love this. I'm so excited for you. No, no, you would be a terrible parent. You know what you do? You walk people into the river of God slowly. And you work them towards the deeper things of God eventually. Till they're, they want to swim in the deep. Till they long to hear God's voice in the darkest hours of their life. Till, they, till they're like, man, prophecy is awesome. I've watched this happen to ministers. This happened to God. Anybody here heard of Francis Chan? It happened to him and his ministry. It happened to numerous others. Right? Great pastors have experienced this. Do you know Pope John Paul II was known to have prayed in tongues in his own private time. And that didn't happen in a moment. That happened over a lot of ministry years. He opened himself up more and more to the things of God. But we think, you know, the, more, the us super Holy Spirit people are like, come on. Like, and how many of you who, who are so excited about the Holy Spirit, it didn't happen to you that way either. It came later. Because this eternal God thing, it's a big deal and it's a long process. I want the Holy Spirit, I want to move it in my life. But people have to learn how to swim before they can jump in the river. 
Some of you, you're like, I don't, I don't like that. John 7, 37 and 39 actually refers, you're like, why are you referring to the Holy Spirit like that? Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit like that, like a river, rivers of living water. And it's supposed to flow in your life, and it is awesome. It's awesome. It's amazing. Have you ever been in a place where, man, like God's presence was tangible? Like you're just like, I can't explain what's happening here, but something is happening here. That's the river of God. That's the Holy Spirit moving in that place and in your life. It's awesome. And it's a process. But we should be open to it. Moving in our lives. Jesus was open to it. The heavens opened and the Spirit came down. And here's the best part. Here's my favorite part. And we're about to close. Here's what it says. And it says, the Father was pleased with him before Jesus had done anything. He didn't get, some of you, you're like, I'm battling to get the Holy Spirit. It hasn't happened. Did Jesus battle? No, it just happened. Because by faith, these things happen by faith. You give your heart to Jesus by faith. When, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and sends that presence and that unction, and you're like, well, I, I want to pray in tongues, you speak it out by faith. This isn't a puppet show where God grabs your mouth and you're like, blah, blah, blah. like that, that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. This is by faith. And, and forget if you're like, I'm, I'm stuck on tongues. Then fine. You're not there. It's a process. Relax. This church is not the tongues church. We're a church that is a healthy, balanced meal of everything the Word of God says. We're not stuck on one thing. But here's the best part. You don't have to prove anything to God to see God move and to walk in the power of God. That's what we see here. You want to see God move in your life? Just ask and say, God, here am I. It's really that simple. We have made it like, well, you're not seeing your healing because, because what? Because they can improve on the cross? No, they can't. Are we saved by grace through faith? Yeah. You're not seeing God break through in your life because, stop. Now, if you're willfully rejecting God, but this is a free gift. The Father is pleased with you. I've shared this before, but I'll say it again. I remember my, one of my first year's moments at Bible college, Mrs. Fields, and maybe someday we'll get her up here and she can speak, but I remember we are having a prayer meeting, and I just felt this heaviness. I just, oh, God, I want to honor you with my life. I want to please you. I want to please you. And I, I remember I said, Mrs. Fields, can you pray for me? She said, well, what's going on, Brian? And I just... I mean, I'm crying. I'm like, I just want to please God. And she says to me, but Brian, you already do. Because you're a son. It's, it's done. We are just so good at being Pharisees and making it about our works and what we should accomplish in order to see God move. 
in order to get somewhere with God, in order to see healing, in order to see a breakthrough, in order to see restoration, in order to... No, it's done. Stop trying to improve on Calvary. Jesus did it. We obey because we love him, and he does honor that. That is like, this is contradictory to that, that heaven's opening thing that you said. It's not. We walk obedience out because of the gift of salvation. We walk it out by faith. And we do it to love him, not to get something from him. How many of you know you're married and you're like, you give your gift spouse a gift, and then they're like, you gave this to me because you had to. Because they know, <laughs> right? Versus when you just do it out of love and you want to show them love. Wives know. They know. They're like, I don't get it. Well, yeah, I had to. It's our anniversary, you know. Like that's, but that's not why you should do it. And you're sitting there like, I don't get it. Correct, you do not. <laughs> you don't get it. Well, that is kind of reflective of our relationship with Jesus Christ. He doesn't want our hearts because we have to, but because we get to and we want to. And he doesn't love you. Does God have to love us? No. But he does because he's our dad. He's already pleased with you. And if you walk away with nothing else today before you go, you need to hear that if you have given your heart and life to him, you've said, Jesus, be my God. Come in. He is pleased with you. Well, lately I've been struggling. You're still a son. You're still his daughter. Still pleased with you because you're his son or his daughter. My kids, I try and tell them, like, you know, I love you. I'm for you. I'm pleased with you. Do you know why? Because you're my son. Because you're my daughter. Not by things they do. We live in the world's economy that says give and take, back and forth. What you pay, you get back. How hard you work is how good you are. The love you show is the love you're going to get. That is not God's economy. God's economy is he loves you, he's for you, you can't do anything about it. You can't improve it, you can't make it bigger. God loves you, deal with it. God's for you, deal with it. God is pleased with you. God wants you. How many of you have had an infant child? Do they do anything for you? <laughs> right? And yet you beam, you glow, you're, you're, because that's your child. That is what God thinks of you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.
Yeah.